الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah حدثني جماعة من الشيوخ بإسناد كل إلا سفيان بن عيينة عن عمرو بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمر عن عبد الله بن عمر بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما أنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said in this tremendous hadith that those who are merciful they will be shown mercy by the most merciful be merciful and show mercy to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens he will show you mercy the ulama they mention because this hadith is a hadith that is musalsal bil awaliyya it is a hadith that many of the imams of hadith they will utilize this hadith as the very first hadith they will teach their students and their pupils uh, so as to draw their attention to the fact that knowledge is mercy the ulama they mention this is because that is because knowledge is mercy the result of knowledge in this world is mercy and the ultimate goal of knowledge in the hereafter is mercy we continue going over the tremendous book by Imam al-Nawi the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawi and we have reached the hadith hadith al-thani وثلاثون the 32nd hadith hadith number 32 and that is a tremendous hadith this is a hadith عن أبي سعيد سعد بن مالك بن سنان الخدري رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said لا ضرر ولا ضرار there is no harm nor any reciprocation of harm there is no harm and there is no harming in this hadith hadith al-hasan رواه ابن ماجة ودار قطني وغيرهما مسندا it has been collected by Ibn Majah with Daru Qutni with a chain that is sound and it has no disruptions in it ورواه مالك في الموطة مرسلا عن عم بن يحيى عن أبيه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسقط أبا سعيد وله طرق يقوي بعضها بعضا This hadith has also been collected by Malik in Al-Muwatta but its chain is Mursal on the authority of Amr bin Yahya on the authority of his father on the Prophet but in this chain the name of Abu Sa'id is missing Abu Sa'id is missing from this chain and there is the disconnection and the disruption in this particular chain of narrations or narration however there are other routes that strengthen one another so thus this hadith is Hassan this hadith it is good 
this hadith it is good and the muhaddith al-madina the muhaddith the 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 muhaddith the scholar of hadith of al-madina al-shaykh al-allama al-shaykh abdul muhsan al-abad al-badr hafizahullah ta'ala shaykh abdul muhsan he mentions he says هذا الحديث مشتمل على قاعدة من قواعد الشرعية. He said this hadith it contains a principle from the principles of the Islamic legislation. It contains a principle from the principles of the Islamic legislation. This hadith is a hadith that is tremendous, as we will come to see بإذن الله تعالى. And although it is short in its wording, its meaning is vast and far-reaching. Its meaning is vast and far-reaching into many aspects of our lives, into many aspects of our lives, both religiously and as relates to our worldly affairs. It will have an impact on our daily life. Wahia and this principle from the principles of the legislation it is the removing of harm and of harming it's the removal of harm and of harming and we will get into more depth and detail as relates to the meaning and what is intended by the meaning of each of these words وهو خبر بمعنى النهي عن الضرر والضرار and it it is a hadith that comes and its form it is of that of making a statement it is giving information but the meaning of it is a prohibition on harming and of harm, or, or on harm, and of harming, or harm, and the reciprocation of harm. وَالضَّرَرُ قَدْ يَحْصُلُ مِنَ الْإِنسَانِ بِالْقَصْدِ أَوْ بِغَيْرِ قَصْدِ And harm, it can result from an individual, whether that be by their intention or not. Whether they intended to harm, or they did not intend to harm. Now, and this is important to understand. So whether they intended to harm someone or they did not intend to harm someone, both enter into this. If the end result of the action is harm, then it is not allowed. Mubdirar yakunu ma'al qasr. And dirar, harming, then this is with intention. So I want you to, 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 to gather because as we are going to come to see the ulama, they have different opinions and statements as relates to what is the meaning of darar and what is the meaning of dirar. What is the meaning of darar and what is the meaning of dirar. And Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he mentions that as relates to this, the meaning of darar, then this is a harm that is done whether intentionally or intentionally. This is harm that is done either by intent, intentionally or unintentionally. Harm. Now, whereas dirar, then this is a harm that is done that a person intends to harm. Now, so this is from the statements of the, of the ulama as relates to what are exactly the meaning of each word that are mentioned in this hadith. Because the Prophet Sallallahu said La darar, There is no darar And there is no dirar So what is darar? Shri Abdul said Then this means A harm that could be intentional or unintentional Whereas dirar Then this is a harm that is intentional So this is one statement From the, from the statements of the ulama As it relates to what is the meaning of each of these particular words وَقَالَ ibn al and Al-Hafidh ibn Rajab, he mentions في جامع العلوم والحكم واختلفوا 
هل بين لفظتين أعني الضرر والضرار فرق أم لا؟ He said the علماء they differ. Is there a difference between both words, meaning الضرر and ضرار? Is there a difference between them or not? نعم. Is there a difference between them or not? فمنهم من قال you have from the ulama those who say هما بمعنى واحد they say they mean the same وعلى وجه التأكيد and they have only been repeated so as to show an emphasis they've only been repeated to show emphasis نعم but the meaning is the same والمشهور and what is well known and famous amongst the ulama أن بينهما فرق is that between the both of them then there is a difference there's a difference between each and then from them the statements uh, how they يعني, uh, يعني, uh, between there's a difference they first, they, they first point out that is that the first word then this is a noun harm فعل. And ضرار Then this is a verb الفعل. And that's why they, they translate it as harming You have harm Then you have harming Man, That harm is being done فالمعنى, So the meaning أن الضرر نفسه منتفن في الشرع Is that harming It within itself then it is prohibited inside of the legislation. That harm with it within itself, then it is prohibited inside of the legislation. And also harming in an invalid manner or harming without right or harming unjustly then also likewise this is prohibited now so to cause harm that is yeah, and is uh, inappropriate that is not in its due proportion and inshallah ta'ala will come to speak more about this then likewise this is not permissible now that makes sense and likewise this too is not permissible waqil and it's been said أن يدخل على غيره ضررا بما ينتفع هو به is that ضرر then this means that an individual he harms other than him by doing an action that is beneficial to him so he harms somebody else but by doing something that he himself benefits from so an example of this could be for example if there were com yani, multiple communities that were living upon a river, right? And those who were upstream decided, if we dam off the water, this will bring some benefit to us. It will bring some benefit to our village and some advantage to our village. However, when they do that, although it benefits them, it will harm those who are downstream, right? So the harm that they're causing is due and related to an action that they themselves benefit from. Now, so this is prohibited inside of the, the deen. So such actions are prohibited inside of the deen. Uh, and the proof is this hadith. Now, and this is why I said it, it enters into various aspects of our lives. Right? It enters into many aspects of our lives, into our day-to-day -day life. Muslims, we have to have a concern and we have to be very vigilant, we have to be wise, we have to be intelligent as it relates to our actions. We have to look at our actions and the potential outcome of our actions so as to ensure or to strive our best to ensure that our actions are one, with and within themselves, not harmful, and two, that they do not result in harm. They do not result in harming someone else. Naam. And this is what some of the ulama they say this was meant by ضرر, that an individual does an action that 
uh, is harmful to others, but it benefits them themselves. And dirar, the meaning of dirar is to do actions that will cause harm to others without any potential upside for the person themselves. So they do things and it causes harm to others, but there is no upside, there is no potential benefit in it for them themselves. It's just harmful all across the board. So, bila shak, this is too harmful. Naam. Yani, kaman mana'a mala yadurruhu wa yitadarruhu bihi yani al-mamnu'a. For example, the one who he prevents something that yani, uh, doesn't harm him, but it causes harm to others and it and results into harm to others, and this is prohibited. Naam. Warajaha, warajaha hadha al-qawl. And there were a number of scholars who they uh, said that this opinion of the difference of the meaning of the two words, then this is more correct. Minhum Ibn Abdul Bar Ibn Salah. From them was Ibn Abdul Bar and Ibn Al Salah. And it also has been said, Al Darar Ayudurra. So I want you to keep in mind all of the various aspects of the of the of how the ulama break down what are the meaning of these two words because you will find that the definition of each of these will not necessarily negate the other. I mean, the existence of one does not negate the other ones. So they all can be taken together. Now they all can be taken together. So another aspect. Another angle, another shade of the meaning is that an individual, he harms someone who didn't do anything to him. Right? He harms someone that didn't do anything to him. And this is the meaning of darar. Don't hurt anyone who didn't do anything to you. And the meaning of al-dirar, they say al-dirar, and yadurra biman qad adarrahu bihi. This means that you harm someone who bona fidely has harmed you, but you harm him in retaliation in a manner that is not permitted. So your retaliation to harm that's done to you is in a manner that is not permitted. Okay? So someone harms you, and then as a result, you escalate the manner in which you choose to retaliate against that particular individual. This is not permissible. Okay? This is not permissible. Uh, Imam Nurrajabi goes on and he says, وَبِكُلِّ حَالِ And in any event, فَالنَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِنَّمَا نَفَى الضَّرَرُ وَالضِّرَارُ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ In any event, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he prohibited Harming and the reciprocation of harm, or he or he prohibited harm and harming, or harm and the and the uh, 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 harm by proxy that is done without right, that is done without right, unlawfully, unjustly. But to cause harm to another individual. In a manner that is justified, causing harm to another individual in a manner that is justified. Because this individual has violated the prohibitions of Allah. So, for example, the murderer, the one who, who murders intentionally, huh? then from the prescribed punishment for this individual is what? Is execution. So, is executing an individual, is that causing harm to an individual? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Then the individual is being put to death. So this is causing harm to an individual. But is this harm that is done to him, is it done in right? Is it done justly? Yes. It's done justly. Now, for your 
So he is punished in accordance to his crime. So he is punished in accordance to his crime. Or an individual, they may do something that results in harm to themselves and results in harm, harming others. Right? So the one who is harmed, the one who suffers injury, they seek restitution from that individual in a manner that is just. Right? So those who harm is caused to them justly because they have committed a crime, so therefore they are punished, or they cause injury and are the cause of injury to others, so that those who are injured, they seek damages that are, and they seek restitution that is equitable. Then the Shaykh he mentions, he says, he said, then this is not what is intended by this hadith, period. This does not enter into this hadith, that there is no harm or reciprocation of harm. So in other words, a person can't commit murder, and then the judge sentences him to death, and he says, no, you can't kill me. Because the Prophet said, there is no harm, no harming or reciprocation of harm. He can't, he can't use the hadith now. He said, no, 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 this hadith was not talking about you and, and, and the likes and situations like this. It's not talking about this. So if an individual, a legal punishment is prescribed to them, or any, um, you know, they are harmed because they have caused harm and suffering to someone else, it does not enter into the prohibition of harm in this particular hadith. But what is intended is harming other individuals without right. Is harming others unjustly and without right. Now, Imam Rajabi said this is upon two categories, two types. The first of them, Man. And this is that an individual, the sole intent, man, the sole intent of harm that is being caused to others, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, there is no upside in it. The, 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 the sole purpose is just to cause harm. Right? The sole purpose, the sole intent is just to cause harm. He doesn't intend anything else. He just want to cause harm to people. Okay? So for the individual, for example, if they do anything like putting pollutants inside of the drinking water of a people, polluting wells, polluting reservoirs, right? Um, because they want to cause harm to individuals. Then of course this is what not permissible. Not permissible, right? Because their sole purpose is just to cause harm and chaos. Okay, let me give you an example. Let me give another example. If a person was a hacker, person was a hacker, and he made a line of a line of code, and the sole purpose was to infect systems and cause havoc. That was the sole purpose. Right? He made a computer virus and his sole purpose was to cause havoc. Is this permissible or impermissible? Impermissible. Because his sole purpose is to cause havoc. There's no upside to it. They just want to cause chaos. Right? Like. <laughs> like. What if a person were to do the same, make a line of code to take over a person's system and affect their network. 
and they're holding that ransom until they pay the sum of money and then they'll set it free. Is that permissible or impermissible? Huh? It's not permissible. It's not permissible. But there was benefit in it for the person, for the hacker. The hacker is benefiting it for him because he can get money, he can get a payday because he took over, you know, the network. But it's still impermissible. And what's the proof? This hadith. Right? Because if a person does something that benefits them, but it hurts others, then it's still impermissible. Right? It's something harmful, but it may benefit them, it's still impermissible. Getting back to this one. So a person doing harm just for the sake of doing harm. Then, this is impermissible. Naam. وَقَدْ وَرَدَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ النَّحْيُ عَنِ الْمُضَارِ عَنِ الْمُضَارَةِ فِي الْمَوَاضِعِ There comes inside of the Qur'an prohibition on causing harm and loss to others in, in, in a number of places. From these places and from these ayat that we find this is as relates to the wasiyah, as relates to the will, the final will and testament. Of an individual after they pass away. Allah Ta'ala, He says, مِنْ بَعْدِ مُصِيَّةٍ يُوصَى بِهَا أَوْدَيْنِ غَيْرُ الْمُضَارَّ غَيْرُ الْمُضَارَّ نعم غَيْرُ الْمُضَارَّ Allah Ta'ala, He says, after the payment of legacy that either he or she may have bequeathed or after debts have been settled so that no loss is caused to anyone so that no harm yani, is caused to anyone right so that the inheritance have to be split up have to be divided according to the sharia and the debts have to be paid and then after that yani, in, a, in, in a manner so that what so that there is no loss caused to anyone Naam. one of the takeaways that we find from this is that the ulama they mentioned the salaf they mentioned that to favor one of the inheritors as relates to the will over others unjustly unjustly without right to favor some of the inheritors over others then this is a grievous sin ibn abbas he said this is a grievous sin this is a tremendous sin that you prefer and, 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 and you show favoritism to others by giving them more than what is their rightful due as relates to inheritance. Naam. But these things have to be divided as Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to divide them so that there is what? So that there is no harm. There is no harm. Naam. Also, another example of this. Another example of this. Is as Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran in Surah Al Baqarah, Allah Ta'ala He says, Ida nisa. And if you have divorced women, naam, and they have reached their term, their iddah has come to an end. You've divorced a woman, so I want us to define the context. Huh? Woman is divorced. Her term of waiting has come to the end. Allah Ta'ala He says, So keep them either in goodness. The divorce has come to the end, right? So right before it is about to, 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 to be over, at that point, you can still what? You can still take her back. If it's, if it's a first or second divorce, you can still take her back. So you know, it's right before uh, it's about to be complete. Then, then you do what? You can either take her back in goodness. Allah Ta'ali says, Be ma'roofin. Right? Take her back in that which is good, well known to be good. No one argues about it being good. So everything that is considered good in a society as relates to um, reconciling and reconciliation between a man and his wife at this particular stage, all those good things, you do them. Right? You do them. You keep her in this good manner. Right? Allah Ta'ala says, أَوْ سَرِّحُ أُحُنَّا بِمَعْرُوفٍ Or, 
let them go on good. Either you keep them or you let the divorce play out and you let them go on good. You let them part and go about their way in good. You separate upon good terms. Allah Ta'ala He says, And do not hold on to them, meaning do not take them back. They get almost to the end of their yani their 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 idda, and then what do you do? The man does, he takes them back. Why? They are run. He takes them back, not because he wants to uh, reconcile. Allah Ta'ala says, They are run, He takes them back just for the sole purpose of punishing her. Right? So his whole intent in taking her back is just to do malice to her. Just to do malice. Just to do something evil to her. That's his only intent to take her back. It's his only reason to take her back. Right? Allah Ta'ala, he tells us what? That this is not permissible. That if you only take her back to hurt her, it's not allowed for you to take her back. It's not permissible. And anyone who does, Allah Ta'ala says, And whoever does that, That he has oppressed and he has harmed himself. Because whatever harm he does to that sister, she's going to take her right from him on the day of judgment. She's going to take her right from him on the day of judgment. On the day that he really needs it, she's going to benefit because of the harm that he did to her. Now, and when we reflect upon these things, it is incumbent that we fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah ta'ala he says, Do not take the verses of Allah as jokes. Do not play around with Allah's religion. Now, I'll give you an example of how individuals they play around with Allah Ta'ala's religion. For whatever reason, they have reached a point where they are malice, they have malice and ill intent towards their wife. Right? So they say, you know what? I'll show her. I'm going to marry one of her friends who's single just so I can hurt her. I want to punish her. I want to marry one of her friends who's single so I can punish her. Is that permissible? No. Because the sole intent is what? Is to cause harm. No. No. So this dumb and Now, the difference between these two is, is an intention. Is that with, with, with one, the sole intention is just to cause harm. No, but accident is different. We, we, we're we're, we're uh, forgiven for, for the khapa, for things that, that we do um, not realizing that it may cause any type of harm or anything. Then um, this is unintentional, right? But as much as we possibly possibly are able, we should still strive to avoid both of these. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, um, and well, uh, he said, and as uh, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin mentioned, that darar is harm that is done intentionally or unintentionally. Right? So, in that, we still can be um, liable if we did something out of negligence. In other words, we didn't even um, take the time to worry, to bother, to consider whether or not this could lead to har harming someone else. We just did it. You know, we just did it without thinking. We still can be, we still can be liable because we uh, were uh, were reckless in our actions, and it resulted in someone being harmed. Like, like up a river. That's different because that in a person is. Um... No, I'll give you a better example. Like. The foolish ones on the bottom of the boat who decided we're going to put a hole in the, in, the, in the bottom of the boat so we don't have to bother the people on top to get water. And then they end up drowning everybody. <laughs> oh, I was tired. <laughs> oh, I was tired. And the Badun, 
يقول النية لايك الدخان هو ما عنده ما يدرك لكن يدرك يا نعم 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 So in all of these things, we in the Shara Tana we're going to come to an uh, an example like that, um, what, what, uh, what was mentioned, but we have to be very careful to make sure that we're not causing harm to anyone, right? And those things that are done and the sole intent and purpose for doing it is to cause harm, then undoubtedly this is haram. Undoubtedly this is haram. Naam. Um, the second type of harm that is done, and this kind of gets into an aspect of what we were just talking about, and that is that a person, they, uh, they don't necessarily, their aim and intent is something different. They have another aim, another intent that is actually good, right? Sahih is sound, right? In the sense that... Um, as an example, a person, he wants to build a house. All of the houses in his neighborhood are two-story houses, and they have privacy walls that go up two stories around each. So no one could look over the other one's house. This person, he decides, if I build my house four stories, I can see the, the horizon better Right, and I, I can you know get a better sunset, and you know, and like this, not realizing that by doing that, he's what he's going to infringe on everyone else's privacy because now he can look inside everyone else's houses. Right, so this is this is an example that where you have to be mindful of others around you. You can't just do things, but you have to be mindful to make sure that your actions don't negatively impact them. Even though you're saying, well, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. I just built two more stories. No, because now this infringes upon all of your neighbors. Now you make all of your neighbors' situations very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. So now you cause them harm. Even though you intended nothing wrong by it, but now you cause them harm. Now, uh, um, Remember, Rajabi brings an example of this. He says, مثل أي تصرف في ملكه بما فيه مصلحت Level. That an individual, he spends his wealth and he distributes his wealth in a manner that has a benefit for him himself. But that will, يعني, his spending will result in harming others. His spending will result in harming others. Now, um, a rough example that comes to mind, for example, if a person goes to, let's say a person goes to a third world country and he has a lot of money with him. Right? He has a lot of money with him. And he goes to this country and now uh, and this is a real example actually. Let me let me let me let me uh, another better example came to my mind. Because this was a real this was a real situation. Uh, when I was in Egypt, we used to hire tutors. Right? And because we had American dollars and you know, the exchange rate and we had dollars coming in, it was very it was very, you know, easy for us to potentially overpay a tutor, right? So we would have tutors for Arabic and things like that in addition to, you know, uh, the Larousse side of the uh, Masajid, in addition to, you know, the universities and uh, programs there. We would pay tutors, right? Because um, in the schools there, usually the curriculums were so, uh, you know, strong and you know and uh, it's another word but uh, it's slipping me right now but they, they they were as such that you needed tutors to help you just you know in order to pass like, this was normal so we like everybody else we needed tutors right so what the americans used to do was we will overpay because it was easy for us so we will overpay the tutors so that we made sure we get exactly the one we wanted so we'll overpay them right now what happened was, maybe one time this happened, whatever is known, this is an anomaly. But you had all the Americans coming to do it and this became what was normal. So one of the, uh, the students one time, one of the older students, he mentioned to me, he said, you, you guys should really stop doing this. And I didn't understand the angle. I said, well, why? <laughs> What's the problem? It's not hurting us. We can afford it. He said, yes, but it hurts 
the economy. Because now you get, you have gotten these tutors for all these years you guys have been living here used to being paid this much. So now when the Egyptian goes to them and wants to seek them as a tutor, they're asking for what you guys used to pay them that the average people here can't afford. So after you guys get up and leave and finish your studies, we can't afford these tutors anymore. You have ruined the economy in this small market. You know what I mean? Which we didn't think about that. But then we had to then, you know, lean back on our prices. You know, then we had to lean back on our, our prices and start to, you know, try to negotiate to pay less. Which was not an easy task because they were right. They got used to being paid more. They got used to being paid more. So you have to be very careful. So this is an example of you spend your wealth in a manner. You spend your wealth in a manner that ends up causing a problem for others. Now, it ends up inadvertently causing a problem for others. So as Muslims, we have to be very diligent in always looking after what will potentially harm others. Um, and even though there is no harm in it, it within itself, there's nothing wrong with it. We benefit from it. But if it's going to hurt somebody else, then we what? We can't do it. We have to. We have to. We have to refrain. We have to refrain from doing it. Right. So um, another example the Sheikh he brings. He says, "Oh, he said, or oh, that others, yani, others in him, they are prevented from benefiting uh, because of the yani, because of the manner in which this individual they have, um, what would you say? Uh, because they have done things just in order to increase their own yields, just to only increase their own their own shares. So then others now are prevented are, are prevented. So therefore, because this harm will result for others, then it becomes, what? Impermissible. Impermissible. So some real life examples, in addition to the ones that were mentioned, were, for example, if a person decides that they want to um, discard their motor oil after they have changed the oil in their car. So they have a problem. What's the problem? They have to get rid of this oil. So they say, no problem. I'll, I'll pour it down the drain, or I'll pour it down the manhole, right? Um, and it solves my problem because I got rid of the oil. But in turn, this is problematic. Why? Because they may poison the water table or the underground water, and that will cause a problem for what? For the society as a whole. So this becomes it's not permissible. Even though you don't see nothing wrong in it, it's, it's not permissible. Another example is that if an individual wanted to discard of his waste garbage, so they burnt the garbage, but the garbage had materials in it that if burnt will release toxins, carcinogens, so on and so forth. And the bellowing of this smoke yani, started to harm his neighbors. His neighbors became harmed by it. This is an example what, of an individual causing harm. They're saying, well, I'm getting rid of my trash problem, so this is beneficial for me, but then it ends up causing harm to other people. Right? So we have to be very mindful not to cause harm to our brothers and to our sisters, either directly or indirectly. So some of the early um, they explain, and, and uh, yeah, when they explain the like to these things, this is why you find some of the translations of this hadith is that there is no harm, direct harm, nor harm by proxy, indirect harm. Right? There is nothing that is straight harmful within itself, nor things that may lead and cause and result in harm, although they themselves are not harmful. So there is no direct harm, nor harm by proxy. Now, you have to be very mindful. From this, when we examine some of the fatawa of the mashayikh, you see these principles at work. So for example, if you ever heard any of the scholars say that if you're in the masjid and you're reciting the Qur'an, you should not recite the Qur'an in a very loud voice. Now a person will say, I'm, I'm in the masjid, I'm reciting the Qur'an. What's the problem with reciting the Qur'an? This is ibadah. 
But if you recite it with a loud voice and you're in the masjid, what are you going to do? You're going to disturb others. So now the brother who's trying to pray is sunnah because you're reciting in a loud voice. Now he becomes confused in what he's trying to recite in his prayer. So he has no khushur. He keeps forgetting what he's trying to recite because he hears what you're reciting. Right? Person trying who would like to have a conversation with someone very briefly. Now they're infringed upon because you're reciting so loud. And when the Quran is recited, we're supposed to be quiet and listen. So now you infringe upon them. Correct? Um, another example, the ulama they mentioned as it relates to this is that if people are in the house and you know people are talking in the house and they say they're eating in the house, then it is not permissible just to go and turn on the Quran and turn it all the way up on the, the radio. Because now what you're doing, you're infringing upon the people who are eating and having a conversation. Right? So, when we look at these... Um, when we look at these, uh, yani this hadith, we find that the intricacies and the detail and concern that is given by the Sharia to not cause harm to others is 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 tremendous. You always have to examine your actions and evaluate to see whether or not they will result in harming someone else. Right? I give you another example. If a person built a well in close proximity to someone else's well in a um, near a water source, an underground water source that was limited, and because you dug your well, and then subsequently now it made the other well dry up, can you do that? No, because you because you're harming your neighbor by you digging your well in the place in the area where you where where you have chosen dug your your well. So, when we look to the concern of the legislation, the concern that the Muslim has to have to not cause harm to others, then from the, the two benefits and um, the two takeaway points the Shaykh he mentions is the Bayan Kamal Sharia is it shows us clearly the completeness of the Sharia and the beauty of the Islamic legislation in removing harm and that which will lead and cause harm to removing harm and harming secondly is that is upon a Muslim not to harm others nor be the cause of harm to others the Muslim he has to be concerned to not cause harm nor be the cause of harm when we look at this one hadith right when we look at this one hadith it totally undisputably destroys the claim and the lie of every terrorist group and organization that says that their aim is to establish the Sharia by way of what terrorism? How? Because every part of terrorism is harm and causing harm. It's something that is directly harmful and indirectly harmful. It's a direct harm and a harm by proxy. To the innocent. To the innocent. To the innocent. But I want you to remember this though as well. Even what enters into the Rar, as the as, as they mentioned, is that what? Is that one wronged you. Somebody did something wrong to you. But if your response is not proportionate, is overboard, then it still enters into this hadith. So they can't say, oh, because of the argument may come. Well, what about those who are not innocent? You still can't go beyond. You still can't transgress the bounds in your retaliation. You can't transgress the bounds of your retaliation. So whatever you, or yani, not you, but I'm saying whatever a person may try to say, or why do you have to do this, why do you have to do that? You can never justify it. Well, they kill our babies and they kill our women and our older people. Okay? 
So then you go and blow up their buildings and how does this equate to that? Well, their drones bombed our people, okay? So you attack their civilians? Their military hit you, so you hit their civilians? You can't justify that. There's no justification in that. Not at all, right? Their drone came and it, 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 it dropped the bomb in our village. Okay, so you hijack their mall and you kill people that's shopping in the mall? How does this equate to that? You understand? There is absolutely no justification. Absolutely none. What shows you that what? That their claim is false. What they're doing has nothing to do with Islam. It's not supported by Islam. The manner that they're acting is not in a manner that's Islamic. These individuals, these khawarij, and, 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 and which is more um, undeniable proof and evidence that their way has nothing to do with Islam, is that the Prophet ﷺ called the likes of these individuals Kilabunar, the dogs of the fire. The Prophet of Islam, Muhammad Wasallam, he called the likes of these individuals, these khawarij, these terrorists who do these actions, right? He said that the khawarij, they are the kilabunar, the dogs of the hellfire. So, how could a dog of the hellfire be anything praiseworthy? It's not, it's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. Alakullihan, the deen is very clear as relates to this particular topic. So we have to be very, 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 very careful to make sure that we don't cause any harm to our brothers and our sisters that we don't cause any harm to the environment any harm to the animals any harm to the disbelievers that we don't harm anyone without right whether they are muslim or they are jew or they are christian or they're rastafarian or they're whatever we cannot cause harm to anyone without right and then the, the Shaykh he, uh, concludes with this and he goes to get on into the next hadith, the 33rd hadith. But inshallah ta'ala will leave that uh, until the next time. فَنَبْتَفِي بِهَذَا الْقَدْرِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَىٰ نَبِيْنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَجَزَاكُمُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا